This is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing, the podcast for creatives, directors, voice actors, and podcasters. And you're listening to the Summer Series. If you work with voiceovers, or you're a voice artist, podcaster, or presenter, then this podcast is definitely for you. It's time to start Talking Creative. Hello, and welcome to Talking Creative, the Summer Series. These are short and sweet little episodes to help us all make voiceovers better. So this is the first episode, and we're kind of going to start with the basics here. Now, in terms of voiceover, we all know about the concept of finding the right voice. But what does that actually mean? Is it the right voice for the client, for the person who has commissioned the project or the work? Is it the right voice for the director or the production team who have to work quite closely with the voice or the voices? Is it about getting it right for the product or the role? Does that dictate who you choose? Or is it ease? Are they local? Do you know them? Are they the same person you used as last time? Or is it equipment driven? Do they have a studio? Do they have the right kind of studio? Or is it the audience, the listener? Now, the truth is, it's probably a bit of all that, depending on the genre. Now, we often talk about the audience being the king or the queen, the deciding factor in what kind of voice you pick. Though, of course, in fact, the audience or the listener is rarely just one kind of person. So even that isn't (laughs) really simple. But let's consider some of the other issues that I just mentioned. So... Uh, For instance, just in my world this week, I've had an audiobook, quite a short one, but nonetheless an audiobook, a promo, some explainers, and an audio drama. And the reasons that I got booked for all of these things were all totally different. Because for the audiobook, for instance, it's a children's story, and it's the second book I've recorded for this particular author. So that was definitely a consideration because she's creating a bank of stories and she wants consistency in the person who's reading them. She also needed someone with a studio and someone who could self-direct and knew what they were doing. So these are pretty practical considerations. And originally, when I was booked for the first book, I was booked because I had the right balance of storytelling and characterization for that particular book and so the right style, the right feel for the listener. So the TV promo, well, that was slightly different. They didn't need a voice with a studio, because I was going to their studio. And although it was useful that I was fairly local, it wasn't actually a deal-breaker, because if I'd have lived, you know, 500 miles away, if I was the right voice for them, they would have got me to the right studio. So I did need to be, though, the right fit For not just the programme that I was promoting, I needed to be the right fit for the channel, and that means I needed to be the right fit for their core audience. And they also wanted somebody they knew could deliver, because it was a really tight turnaround. So it was on air that day. They didn't have time to make any mistakes with who they picked. Now, the explainers, again, they were different. They were technical explainers and they had complex language, so they needed someone who could run with that. And they definitely wanted a female voice. But they were looking for something with less formality. They wanted a voice that had confidence 
um, but was also quite friendly and not too stiff because the listeners, their internal tech people, were very knowledgeable. And again, they needed somebody with a studio and they also need to build up a reliable pool of voices so they can choose from sort of three or four different people. So I was a repeat booking on this as well. Now, the audio drama, that was really left field because this was not my usual casting. But presumably, I was booked because my voice needed to feel right for the character, but it also needed to work alongside other voices. So the director had loads of things to consider because all of the actors in an audio drama need to sound quite distinct from each other. Because they need to, the audience, when they're listening, needs to know exactly who they are listening to as the characters change. So if you get a load of voices in that all sound fairly similar, that's going to be a real problem for the listener in the end. And there was also going to be part of a cast. So um, I needed to be like all the other people. I needed to be open enough to be able to work with other people and bounce off other people. And have access to the kind of studio that could link up with everybody else and and do that. So, of course, in all of these things, the listener, the audience, was the ultimate king or queen. And that's what the goal is, usually, when we're creating something. There is a listener at the end of it. So being mindful of who you're making stuff for is massively important. And the voice or the voices, they need to work in terms of how they literally resonate with the audience. But there are all these other things that you need to bear in mind too, because they're coming into play. And those are things, all the things that I've mentioned, they can be dialed up or down depending on their importance for the individual project that you're working on. So do they sound right? Does the voice sound right? Can they deliver the sound that you are looking for? Do they have the right experience? Do they have the right equipment? And something we haven't mentioned yet, do you all agree on the budget? Are they available? That's the other thing. And of course, are they easy to work with? So that's why finding the right voice, we often talk about this, but it's actually a lot more complex than it seems when you first look at it as an idea. And you might have noticed that all of the things here, or a lot of the things here, were very practical reasons. Do they have a studio? Are they available? Have they got the right experience? Are they fun to work with? Now that is slightly less sexy, I would agree, <laughs> than Do they sound like a high priestess who's about to go into battle? But the practical things are very much part of the mix. Now, next episode, I will be looking at why thinking about voices sooner rather than later in a project can be a really great move. And I think it's a perennial problem because quite often the voice, it depends on the project, but quite often in projects, The voice is the last thing that's cast and the voice comes after all of the writing, all of the ideation, all of the concept building. And actually, if you turn that round, it can make a big difference. But we'll get onto that next episode. And if you have ever wondered about becoming a voice actor, but you don't know where to start or you know someone who would love to find out more, I've got a masterclass coming up soon that you might be interested in. All the details are in the show notes. It is called How to Become a Professional Voiceover, Even If You Haven't Been to Drama School. So if you want to put yourself on the waitlist and be the first to know when it goes on sale, 
and everyone on that list will get a cheeky little discount, then the link is in the show notes. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Summer Series. I'm Samantha Boffin, and you've been great. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to the Summer Series on Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. If you enjoyed it, do leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media so other people, just like you, can get the best out of their voice actors. And don't forget, you can head over to talkingcreative.co.uk for the whole series.